Are all minds clear? This is a different perspective and look at things that happen in life. I'm brave enough to start a conversation that matters. Be prepared to be intrigued, captivated, and entertained in a unique way. Who am I? This is Jared Gerard, a stylish, witty, distinguished gentleman who resides in the nation's capital, the District of Columbia. Let's do this. Welcome to Are All Minds Clear? As part of the Renaissance Reimagined series, we're going to have an in-depth conversation with curator and art consultant Jarvis Dubois. Jarvis is an independent curator and arts consultant, lover of travel, water, food, laughs, and a general sense of well-being. Jarvis has spent more than 20 years working with some of the nation's leading cultural centers from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C. In addition to his current role as museum specialist with the National Museum of African American History, Jarvis worked at the Californian African American Museum and Artist Lane Studios. He also runs J. Dubois Arts, LLC, an independent fine arts consulting and curating company. The windows are open here in the studio. It's springtime in the District of Columbia. The conversation starts now. Let's listen up. So share with us how you got started and how you got in it. And I know that you are a curator and a consultant, Mm -hmm. art consultant. I'm trying to figure out the difference between the two. Yeah, sure. So uh, thank you for having me and doing this interview with me. I appreciate you and, you know, meeting you and... And I'm honored to have exposed you to the arts, you know what I mean? And uh, as I have with a lot of other friends, so that's meaningful, you know, and impactful. And I like that. Maybe makes me feel really good. And, you know, it's it's purposeful, right? So how I got started. So back in 2000, um, well, let me back before that. Even before as a young child, teenager, I've always was drawn like to the visual arts, you know, performative arts. I mean, everything from, you know, uh, painting, sculpture, you know, it's particularly like ancient sculpture, um, Greek or Roman or Egyptian, but like furniture design, architecture, car design, always sort of drawn to that, but not thinking about that as a career path, you know, really or anything um, that was viable, but just enjoyed it, you know, enjoy looking at beautiful things, beautiful design, you know beautiful colors and aesthetics and styles of things. So flat, fast forward to 2000, my first job at the California African American Museum in Los Angeles, I was um, uh, hired from a recommendation from a, a summer internship while I was at UCLA, you know, my undergrad. So I did that um, assistant registrar there at the museum for two years. Um, and then they couldn't renew my contract started working with Artist Lane, who's a noted um, sculptor, painter, um, printmaker, uh, based in LA. Well, she was in LA, she's now in uh, Detroit, where um, she's from, she's Canadian, from Canada, but um, first moved to Detroit and now back in Detroit. Um, And she's like in her almost 100 years old and still working, still very vibrant, and sharp and I mean the story she tells you know and her talent her skill levels is amazing so I worked with her for a few years and then got a job here in DC at the National Museum of uh, American History the Smithsonian so I've been there uh, since 2002 but not in curatorial consulting you know department but more collection management but the love of art was still there fine art and so I did, moved here in 2002, did my first art show in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was by imitation of some artists that I had met, you know. And then just sort of building my network of artists that I know, collectors, um, other curators, other consultants, and just, you know, um, finding my tribe here, you know, and just developing that over the last 
21 years now. Right. Or 22 years. Right. 21. Yeah. Now, it's interesting you came to D.C. and didn't mm-hmm. go to New York or places like that. How did you make your work in the D.C. area? Yeah, you know, um, and that was really about the job at Smithsonian. Yeah, I came for an informational meeting. I was here um, sort of curating more exhibition, coordinating a traveling photography show. So I was here. It was um, uh, uh, black. It was through the Black Age Institute based in L.A., they brought me out, and I set up a show at um, downtown uh, D.C., um, in Gallery Place, actually, and went to, this, to the museum, American History, for like an informational meeting, which turned to an interview, which I didn't realize. And so I was offered the job, and that was February 2002. I accepted in March, moved in May 2002. It was like boom, boom, boom. Wow. So, yeah, that's what brought me out here um, to D.C. So... And I never really thought before like I would live in D.C. Even though I almost applied to Howard University. And to this day, honestly, I cannot remember why I didn't apply. Okay. Something maybe not apply. Maybe I missed the deadline. I can't remember. But so I didn't come then for school. But then wind up here later for work. Right. right. And I had been to New York, you know, um, before moving here. Loved it. Loved the vibrancy of it. So much going on there. The art scene, you know. Um, you know the music scene. I had some friend, a few friends there, um, but yeah, it just happened that I got the job here in DC, so came out here, right. and um, I'm happy about it. You know, it was mm-hmm. um, it was meant to be. You know, I loved being in LA. You know, for sure. A lot of my um, family and friends there between Orange County and LA, some in even the Bay Area, but um, yeah, it was nice to come to the West, the uh, East Coast. Sorry, East Coast, mm-hmm. and then to meet the people I've met here and to build that tribe, like I mentioned. Right and get sort of uh, more involved, more entrenched in the art scene here mm-hmm. um, um, with, you know, the artists I've met, you know, who I've worked with since 2007 and still work with. Right. Um, and just meeting more and more curators, more collectors and more art patrons, you know, donors to museums, mm-hmm. um, uh, art consultants and advisors, you know. Mm-hmm. So my advisory came by sort of accident friends who knew i was sort of in the arts like you know arts in general for them mm-hmm. right not knowing specifically what i did they were like oh i want a new a new i want an art piece for my home you know mm-hmm. my new office and that's how it started you know with just friends okay. you know buying art for you know their office or their and home that's more the art consultancy part yeah so that okay. was more of the consultancy yeah mm-hmm. curating is more like putting together a theme of a show um, studio visits to the artists, making selections of art, you know, um, tying it together, writing a curatorial statement, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be for sale or not. Most of the shows I do are commercial, you mm-hmm. know, so they are the works for sale. Okay. Um, that's a space, that's my lane, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, not different from museum curating where, right. you know, the art's not for sale, right? So I've been working in galleries and invited to do shows the local galleries, um, different art spaces, you know, um, organizations who um, find me through recommendation and then they have a budget for an exhibition. They hire me and I put a show together for them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now you say meant to be, you know, like you, it was meant to be for you to be in the D.C. market. You kind of gradually ended up here. But it sounds like all of the stuff you were doing before you got here, you was preparing yourself for what you're doing now. Did you even think that you would be doing what you're doing no you know not really i think um because before the uh summer internship i did you know through the getty museum in la um and that's what i was at undergrad ucla i did not really think about any sort of careers in the arts that way you know i knew of a curator like i'd heard the term curator you know um and then, you know, you have your art directors or art um, uh, collection managers, you know. I heard those terms. I didn't really know what that entailed. Not until that Getty sponsored internship. And I did that at the um, UCLA, UCLA Armand Hammer Museum, right there in Westwood, near campus. So then, during the internship, meeting the various staff members, you know, uh, as a part of the internship. So meeting the art handler, meeting the registrar, uh, meeting the, um, uh, 
the collection manager of the prints department, you know, meeting the um, uh, curator, you know, the director of the. So you get an on-the-job training, on the, basically. Yes, right. Learning. Exactly. That's yeah. Good. You know, um, sitting down, you know, with the preparator, even it hadn't even thought about like what that was before, mm-hmm. but getting a sense through kind of like these mini interviews with them. Like, okay. And that's when sort of my eyes were open to like, oh, there's these different careers in the fine arts, in a museum, you know, um, that I wasn't aware of before. So that's what's kind of like the spark for me. And then, um, as I mentioned, through that internship, I got the recommendation for the California African American Museum. They had an opening for the assistant registrar. And the registrar basically is taking care of a lot of the um, loan agreements, condition reports on the objects, um, uh, you know, checking storage, you know, making sure the artwork is safe and sound, mm-hmm. um, making sure, you know, um, provenance is there, you know, the, the, diff- the details, ownership information is there, insurance is on the piece, you mm-hmm. know, um, looking at documents for evaluation of the wow. pieces. Um, yeah, you know, talking to, corresponding with um, other organizations that want pieces for loan mm-hmm. registrar does that so i was helping out the 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 chief registrar with that sort of um more admin you know the paperwork right. of it yeah mm-hmm. right. now i know you travel a lot and you came from california to mm-hmm. dc mm-hmm. and i know you'd go to new york yes what's the difference what sets dc's art scene apart from others that you visited yeah, you know, D.C. is pretty small. You know, I think, um, I won't say insular, but folks know each other here. I think New York is much bigger um, art scene. So I don't know that they, there are definitely groups of artists that know each other, circles of artists that, you know, run together, work together, you know, collaborate, um, support each other. But I think D.C. Um, more so because it is smaller, you know, um, even though we have a many 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 artists here um doing various styles various you know working with different various mediums you know um sculpture printmaking to you know painting to um you know drawing performance art you know um uh, a lot of them know each other for sure and do support each other buy from each other you know mm-hmm. collaborate um critique you know do studio visit with each other you know um so I do like that about DC. I feel it's more manageable than say New York or Chicago even, um, and definitely LA. You know, which are LA, New York, your bigger markets. Mm-hmm. You know, even San Francisco or Miami. You know, mm-hmm. um, DC is smaller. It's you know it has its pros and cons. I think with that also, um, I wish we had more eyes on the arts here, but people typically you know. A certain level of collectible, say, are going to uh, New York, you know, uh, to to the galleries, to the auction houses, you know, and then you know they're also going to L.A. for the art fairs there, you know, and uh, New York too, right. and then of course Art Basel in Miami. So like you know that level of collector are hitting those sort of hot spots. Right. Um, D.C. doesn't have the we used to, but we don't have that level of art fair here, and I hope that's something that's coming back. And it's truly supported, you know, by the city, but also by the collectors, the curators, the artists, patrons based right here. Right. You know, we have that. We have that network. We just need to be more supportive in a bigger way and, you know, buy at home, you know, and not necessarily have to go to New York or L.A. or Miami or Europe even to buy, you know. Now, during the times I've known you, it seemed like business has really picked up for you. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you made a name for yourself in D.C. How did you think you made that happen? Really, thank you for saying that. And it's really um, time, you know, time in, time doing the work, meeting people, you know, growing um, the network, you know, mm-hmm. um, and really just showing up a certain way, I feel like. You know, I think I was talking to a friend of mine who's co-curated for me, with me. Um, on several exhibitions and you know it's can be a slow process but it's like really building your reputation and that takes time you know so again my first show was 2007 you know and I hardly knew anyone here and just and I got a really good feedback from that show you know um, artists loved it you know um, collectors like seasoned collectors you know were like praising it so that was like 
really affirming for me. Mm-hmm. And just, um, you know, sustain the, those relationships, you know, um, building more, you know. I wish I could do that in a bigger way. Um, and I will when I can, you know, retire from um, the Smithsonian, from American History Museum, you know, do that more full time. That's the goal of mine, to really even increase my outreach, you know, um, and develop the business even more, you know, uh, and build on that network of collectors and, you know, um, museum acquisitions, you know, mm-hmm. and the number of artists um, and the um, the variety of artists, you know, right. I can work with. Yeah. Now, I've witnessed and know some people that are collectors that you've worked with mm-hmm. and to see art displayed in their homes, it's always nice. What does it make you feel like when you go places and see art displayed in homes or displayed, especially in unusual places, not galleries, you know, maybe homes or some people businesses? Yeah. What's that like for you? Sure. No, I think, you know, it's just a way of doing business a different way, you know, looking at different platforms. And I think for me, um, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, about the business growing, with, when COVID hit, you know, I had to, um, G and I, my a co-curator, Gia Harewood, we had to cut a show um, short mm. because of COVID, you know. Mm. So the show wasn't been up three, four months. It was up for a month, you know. Mm. So I had to look for other platforms to exhibit the work, you know. And luckily enough, I was invited to do a um, uh, sort of an Airbnb slash event space in Anacostia, you know, mm-hmm. over in the 8th Ward. Uh, invited to do curating there. Um, and that was very successful. I started that in 2001 and did that, did four shows there. And um, just recently sort of ended that relationship just because uh, the owner was looking to get a long-term leaser mm. or leasee in mm. that building. So uh, segue to another home, um, basically home gallery, if you will, event space where I'm curating currently. So uh, it's really kind of being able to think out of the box Mm -hmm. and um, non-traditional venues maybe to present your work, be that somebody's home, you know, uh, be that at a school possibly Mm -hmm. or a lobby of a office building. Okay. and I, you know, and I used to curate at a gallery inside an office building. Um, you know, it wasn't so visible because it was not a storefront, so it was very you know in the interior of the building. Mm-hmm. So you know, we didn't have that sort of you know uh, walk-in traffic, if you will. Mm-hmm. But um, so not a lot of sales there, uh, unfortunately. But it was a great platform to experiment with some different um, mediums, you know, different mm-hmm. themes. Uh, we did performance arts there. there. So we had we had brought in audiences, the the just the, the size of audiences and different audiences that they'd ever seen there before. When we return, the in-depth conversation will continue. See a one-of-a-kind art exhibition featuring the works of Dina Salam, Amari Jesse, Olivia Bruce, Dustin Hardwood, and curated by Jarvis Dubois. For more information, contact jduboisarts at gmail.com. The conversation continues with curator and art consultant Jarvis Dubois. Different galleries, but who was there to help you, mentor you that you can think of specifically? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, not... I think more, not necessarily direct mentorship maybe, but like following their example, you know, like um, seeing them in action, you know, and Matisse Badola definitely of Gallery Matisse in Baltimore has been a sort of maybe, you know, um, a knowing to her mentor to me, you know, and I've done um, an exhibition or two there at her gallery also. Um, and been there for many of her shows um, mm. and receptions, you know, artist talks. So I um, love her model and it's inspiring and it's goals really, you know, to see her and how her husband helps her in the mm. business and her um, son and other family members is really inspiring. So I would say she not even really, you know, not even knowing it 
and I think I wasn't even aware of it, has mentored me. And other, like, you know, art patrons, like um, Melvin and Juanita Hardy, you know, um, they're inspiring, you know, mm-hmm. to see how they support the arts in D.C. Um, and, like, not just visual arts, the theatrical arts, you mm-hmm. know, performance arts, um, uh, you know, even, like, social activism. So they're really inspiring for me and um, sort of um, pseudo mentors of mine also um and i'm thinking just like in general like you know the artists that i know too you know i mean have inspired me Mm -hmm. and um think guided me in a lot of ways you know and feedback i got from them or fellow curators like museum collect you know curators you know ones with doctorate degrees you know Mm -hmm. um and other advisors and consultants, you know, that I've talked to. Um, Shawana Roundtree is one of them, you know, mm-hmm. who, attorney by day, mm-hmm. art advisor, you know, consultant, curator at, in the evening, has been very inspiring and very supportive of me day one, you know. Mm-hmm. And I met her through a friend, gosh, back in probably 2005 or six, you know, um, because a friend knew that we both were in the arts, you know, getting this sort of general idea of the arts. Um, and put us together, you know. So right. she's been um, definitely inspiration um, for me. Um, yeah, okay. those particularly. Now, I know you travel, and mm-hmm. people say, you know, when you travel, you learn so much. And I know you like to travel. Mm-hmm. How has traveling influenced what you do? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, um, it's always on my agenda when I'm traveling somewhere within the States, you know, or internationally to go to a museum, go to a gallery, you know, um, see what the local artists there are doing, you know, or if it's a, you know, an American artist that's showing somewhere like in Paris or, um, you know, Milan or something, you know, uh, where I visited or uh, Bahia, Brazil to go check that out, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just inspired by other cultures in general, you know? Um, I mean, beyond like the arts, you know, it's like the music, the the food, um, the you know, even like the religious practices, you know, mm-hmm. um, are like mm. definitely inspiring and sort of amazing to experience. You know, that's like a goal of mine. Anytime I travel anywhere, to right. experience that. So, and some of these trips also, even subconsciously, in a way, will um, impact an idea for an exhibition that I'm thinking about, you know. Um, it could be a sound, you know, mm. some music I hear, mm. or like the ocean, you know what I mean? Um, a recent trips to um, Myrtle Beach here in the States and then um, Salvador Bahia in Brazil inspired this um, current show that I'm working on um, that's opening um, in two weeks, or in a week actually, um, Foggy Bottom of Sculpture Biennial. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of like the, the, the peaceful, restorative nature um, of the ocean and the beach inspired my theme for this um, show, Sites for Censoring and Reflection. Right. Um, like, I know that's like my happy place is the ocean, you know. Right. So those two two trips sort of coalesced this idea that was sort of in the back of my mind, you know, for, again, this idea of like, how do we care for ourselves? How do we sit still for a moment and reflect on things? Um, relax, meditate, you know, breathe, you know, um, so much going on in the world, you know, um, that stressors, you know, be environmental, financial, political, you know, um, you know, thinking about, yeah, how do we find these moments of respite, you know, and restorative moments Mm -hmm. that we so, so need, you know, just rest, you know, Mm -hmm. take naps more, you know, um, and this show, the sculpture exhibition about that, and the artists are sort of um, examining that and presenting their, their ideas or visual sort of representation of um, safe spaces, comfortable right. spaces, their happy places. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we recently took a break because of the sound. Yes. And you're talking about, you know, kind of centering and taking reflection yeah. and mm-hmm. trying to find your peace within that because, you know, we live in a major city and there's a lot going on yeah. and stuff like that. So I really look forward to that. When I first mm-hmm. moved to 
of this area. I remember taking advantage and going to see some of those sculptures and stuff like that with the Foggy Bottom tours. Oh, mm -hmm. So with your show, what can we expect? You know, who are some of the artists? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So the majority of the artists are local. So again, it's um, Sites for Centering Reflection. It opens up May 6th, so next Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, at 2.30, I'll be doing a guided tour for each piece. We have 13 sculptures in the exhibition. Um, all outdoor, so these are um, s installed right in front of um, the uh, homeowners, um, their places there, their homes, um, in the, just uh, the neighborhood on uh, Foggy Bottom, right. you know, um, historic um, neighborhood there. And so it's, um, oh gosh, Ila Asha Ilana Casey, Mahari Chabuera, Angelique Scott, um, Paul... Stein Koenig, mm -hmm. Scott Tucker, um, uh, Rodney Buck Herring, mm -hmm. Orlando Dominguez, uh, Jackie Maggi. That's in a long list. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's 12 artists total. And we have um, Jabari Jefferson is actually from D.C., but he's um, now based in Brooklyn. So he's coming down with his um, sculpture. And the other one out of the area, not based here, is Ajmal Mas Man uh, Millar. Okay. I'm coming from Chicago. But everyone else is pretty much um, based right here in D.C. Or, okay. you know, Maryland, Virginia, D.C. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's good that there's people participate like that and they, they allow the people to come by. I've seen sculptures in the area where I live, the, the, you know, the neighborhood I live, mm -hmm. being by the Phillips Museum. And I've seen sculptures and stuff in different yards. So it's really good to see that they're going to be allowing that to happen. And people can come without a guided tour, I guess, sure, and yes. still view. And then right. I know they had guided tours that where you can sign up each Saturday and stuff like that. Yes. And I've taken part of those before. Yes. And, and we're doing the same thing this year. So okay. there's the, yeah, after the opening May 6th, um, which I'll be um, leading that tour, there'll be three others, uh, June, July, and August, that will be um, artist-led. So one of the artists from the show will be leading those to each of the 13 sculptures. And then in September... I again lead that tour accompanied by, um, it's a twilight tour. Mm. Um, so it's in the evening, mm. uh, 7 p.m. And that will be um, accompanied by the National, National Symphony Orchestra. We'll be playing wow. while we do our tour. So that'll be the last of the program uh, programs for the exhibition. And then we um, deinstall, wrap it up in October. Wow. Yeah. So it's up for like six months. So plenty of time for the public to see even without the guided tour, their QRC, um, uh, the QR codes listed on each property, at each, um, oh, each sculpture. And so you can get all the information, a video mm -hmm. from each artist, um, the, you know, the title, information about the piece, wow. and a little uh, statement about each piece. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. different. Yeah, and I'm that's just, a newer thing they're doing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I just saw the shows every two years. Yes. And a couple of years, uh, I don't know when the last one, because I, I know we've been having COVID and all that, but yeah. it seemed like they have definitely advanced and mm -hmm. added a lot of different ways you can get in contact. And like, like sure. a, what, multimedia almost? Yes. And even uh, and someone, we had a meeting last night actually where I presented um, for the um, Foggy Mountain Community um, uh, Board, and uh, someone asked about that. If you're out of the area, can you still experience art? And yes. Oh. So on the website, you can still get the video and all the information for the artist there. And my statement, my curatorial statement even, will be there on the website. Wow. Mm -hmm. So that's very good. You know, that's very impressive. And you they have a show of this magnitude. Mm -hmm. You know, how did they even come about, come about for you? Yes. Yeah, so it was a, um, and I've really been blessed to get like these recommendations, you know, from people that I've worked with that I've known um, who I guess like my work, you know, and appreciate my, you know, approach. So I was recommended to um, this 2023 biennial, Foggy Bottom there, from the previous um, curator uh, who did it in 21. Okay. So uh, that's how that came about. I got an email out of the blue from Peter May, the director, the Foggy Bottom Arts, um, Arts and Foggy Bottom uh, director. Uh, make sure I get that name right. Uh, so he contacted me and um, yeah, we met and been corresponding for about a year now to get this together. So yeah, we install this Saturday 
um, and then we open up the following Saturday. Introducing Arts in Foggy Bottom 2023, Sites for Centering and Reflection. We're back. Arts in Foggy Bottom Outdoor Sculpture Biannual returns on May 6, 2023 with an exciting new lineup of one-of-a-kind creations by a variety of Washington, D.C. artists. This year's exhibit explores the theme Sites for Centering and Reflection and is curated by the National Museum of American History's Jarvis Dubois. Let's listen to more of the in-depth conversation with Jarvis Dubois. You give us some insight on what are some of your favorite expressions of art. Oh, for me, um, I love all different because I collect myself. But I'd say painting is something really drawn. I I, have, I want more actually painting. I have a few paintings, painting and sculpture. I would say like my favorite sort of. Um, mediums if you will you know mm -hmm. um uh for uh african sculpture traditional african sculpture but also contemporary you know marble or, or ceramic um pieces uh for sure um would be my if i had a, if i had to choose right my, my two uh favorites but i love prints and photography um drawings um especially work i think done by hand you know mm -hmm. with the hand is very appealing to me Okay. Yeah. Now you went back to sculpture again in the current show you're doing mm -hmm. is sculpture, so that's one of your favorite uh, forms of art. Mm -hmm. So do you find yourself leaning when you're working with different projects, leaning to, toward what you like, or is it more generally open? Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny about this one. This is my very first sculpture exhibition. I mean, I've done exhibitions with some sculpture in it, right? But this is my first outdoor sculpture exhibition for sure and so it was a really a nice challenge in that way um i think you know going back to my earlier statement about like what i was drawn to even as a child was like greek and roman egyptian mm -hmm. statuary mm -hmm. um traditional african sculpture um got even like you know um uh south asian sculpture you know mm -hmm. polynesian sculpture like those traditions uh, i was really drawn to but never owned any of that work until more recently. I have some African mm -hmm. um, sculpture now and mask and things, um, particularly. Um, so three-dimensional things. You know, before it was more, you know, 2D things. So um, I do like to, sh I like to show, you know, and present work that I'm interested in mm -hmm. and with artists that I like, artists I like working with, I like, you know what they do you know right. i like their technique i like the things behind their work you know i like their the the skill and the attention they bring to the work so yeah i think i'll be drawn to more towards things i like mm -hmm. than things yeah i don't know if i curate something i didn't like right that might be difficult right because i don't think i would be necessarily as focused on it or as involved or as engaged as i should be Right. Now, you also uh, mentioned portraits, and I've seen photography and portraits where you were the subject. Tell, tell, tell us how those appearance, appearances came about. Oh, yes. So, I did, a, um, I did this piece with a photographer, John Edmonds, some years ago. Um, and he was doing sort of a study, you know, sort of like working on a new series. And he invited me to pose for him. I did that not knowing he would give me the the image. So I have that in my collection, which is amazing, um, and I'm really like proud of that. And then with David Antonio Cruz, through a friend, Sheldon Scott, performance artist here um, in DC, um, he invited a group of friends via David's and David's request to pose for um, a portrait for him or the preparation for a portrait. So he, we all got together, there were eight of us, I believe, seven, eight, um, got together to be photographed 
you know, for a few hours, you know, uh, one day in preparation for David's um, painting he would he would create. Right. Yeah. So that was like a remarkable experience. My first time sitting in that way for a portrait. Right. You know, so that was like feeling very blessed and and was gifted a print right. from David. Um, as a thank you for doing that, you know, right. we all were, which is great. So I have that in my collection now. Right. Now I've seen your collection, and you have a lot of stuff, and you've rotated it out from time to time. And I think you even mentioned to me you had some people come in and play some artwork where you cur- curated in your own mm-hmm. private collection. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see yourself displaying what you have, maybe in a museum or something like that? Yeah, sure. I think you know. I hope to get to the level of collecting where I can donate my work to like outright donate to a museum or at least loan it to an exhibition mm-hmm. um i don't know if i'm there yet but um because my you know i'm getting there you know um as budget allows you know uh, to add more to my collection but yeah that'd be definitely a goal of mine to um loan to um uh, a museum and to gift to right. a museum yeah yeah i would like to see like a some type of place created for people like you so you can showcase what you have because you're like you have a lot of stuff you keep having to rotate it but it'd be nice just to have it out and stuff like that and i understand with collectors they collect a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. but then no one really sees it sometimes it's housed and stuff like that tell me a little bit more about that yeah some you know some i'm not that collector but i think some collectors do tuck their work away and not show it you know um i think somebody i know i won't i won't name them but someone right here in D.C. would do that. And I think what it was, I realized just more recently, I don't think he had the space to display it properly. Um, like, I feel like I'm running out of room in my one-bedroom condo, you know, and want to get a, a bigger space to be able to show everything at once, you know what I mean? And still maybe rotate things out, you know, right. as, as um, desired. But I think, yeah, I think for a lot of cultures, I think it's an issue of space, you know, Right. And this particular collector I'm talking about got a home, a beautiful home, and everything is installed, I feel like now, and out for people who come over to see it and to enjoy. Okay. You know, before it was like tucked away in um, uh, a storage, you know, with a, a fine art storage company right. he hired to keep his work safe, you know, um, safe and sound and, you know, proper humidity controls and temperature mm. controls and and just secured, you know, right? Um, and not have it at his home, you know. So, um, but most collectors I know want to live with their work. They want to see their work every exactly. day. Um, they want to. They will switch things around as you know it fits them. Um, the mood mood hits, but they do want to be surrounded by their art, you know? right? So, it you know back to you really needing a proper amount of space depending on the size of your collection, right? Yeah. Now, I t- had a chance to visit one of your current shows that's mm-hmm. underway. There, you're featuring four art four artists. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so that's the guest house um, right here in D.C. in the Bloomingdale area. So I was invited, you know, just you know, again, my network of friends, um, uh, the owners, Larry and Alexandra Breathway, they invited me to curate there. So um, the show opened up just like a month ago. It'll be up until June. Um, four hours, as you mentioned, Dina Salam, uh, Dustin Harewood, Omari Jesse, and Olivia Bruce. Okay. Um, Dustin is the only one outside the area. He lives in Jacksonville, Florida. You know, okay. And he is a cousin of Gia Harewood. That's how I met him. Oh, wow. So I've um, exhibited him before. I've sold some of his work, you know, privately to collectors. So um, I wanted to keep this first exhibition pretty small so selected these four artists you know um thinking about not sure yet thinking about the next um show what that theme will be and it may be photography i'm Mm -hmm. thinking about you know to kind of do something a little different there um but yeah so uh i have sort of an open-ended contract with them you know kind of test this is the first test you know see how this show goes so far it's doing well you know well received um and like i said it'll be up until june and then they'll have an interim show up, um, a student artwork from uh, Duke Ellington, actually. Mm. And then, so my next show most likely will be uh, opening in September. Okay. Like in the fall. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it seems like you're influencing and helping and mentoring emerging artists. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit more about how you connect with people like that to be able to help them make sure they're artist-seeing. Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, that's been a goal of mine is to be that platform for... DC, the majority of DC artists, you know, that's that's most of the people I work with are right here in DC. So providing a platform for artists that may not have a platform, right? So um, again, that's a majority uh, DMV artists, you know, uh, my collector base is here. So uh, yeah, and meeting people through other artists, you know, they're recommending their friends, you know, their studio mates, and that's how um, that's grown, you know. Uh, Seeking them out, even through Instagram, is a good source. I find artists there, you know. Um, but typically, it's like when I'm thinking about a show um, and a theme, thinking about, okay, what artists do that kind of work, right? Is that their aesthetic? Is that their um, grounding sort of principle, you know, in their work, you know, the things that they're exploring um, in their work and their practices? So that's how it sort of starts. And then from there, you know, if it's not this artist, then, you know, he or she recommends somebody that does that kind of work, right? Mm-hmm. And that's their aesthetic and that's their, you know, um, you know, the research that they're doing, you know. Uh, so that's how it kind of grows from there, you know. Right. But um, I work with definitely mid-career and even some older artists, you know. Okay. But a large part, I think it's been a mix, actually, you know established artists but also established artists who may not have the platform either right who may not show as much as they would like to but also those younger new artists that are just beginning to show right um they you know we link up and we work together and it it's uh been a really um beneficial i think and um uh good relationship we've had yeah well, when I attended there, I got a chance to meet mm-hmm. two of the artists, Dina Salem and Amari Jesse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they complimented you. You, you. you were out working, doing what you mm-hmm. but they complimented you about giving them an opportunity. So mm-hmm. that's very important. So it's good to hear that you're able to help somebody and give them an opportunity. How does that make you feel? No, that makes me feel good. I appreciate them saying that. I really do. Because, you know, honestly, um, Gerard, I don't even think about necessarily doing... Like, I don't... I don't think I'm so conscious of that. Like, I just do it because I like doing it. Because um, people have given me a platform, for sure. And so I like to pay that pay that back. But I don't think I'm even really even not aware that I'm doing that. You know what I mean? Until someone says it, you know? I think I'm so focused on doing the work. I don't... I'm not even aware of the impact sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I'm... I'm hearing that more and I really appreciate that Mm -hmm. because I get so caught up in like and so laser focused on like making the selections for the art putting the theme together writing the statement you know getting all the exhibition lists together and agreements everything you know all the work of it you know all the stuff you have to do to put on a show right I don't necessarily stop and breathe and think about the impact that's having on the artist or the collector or even the art scene in general you know what I mean? Um, so it's good to hear that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, because you know, they mentioned you know, a lot of times they get false promises. People take advantage of them. So they say yeah. it's really nice when they met somebody that was, you know, honored their word and actually did help them. Yeah, yeah. And I, no, right. And I do, again, I appreciate that so much because I've heard some really hor- you know, just horror stories about dealings with gallerist or um, you know a private art dealer or consultant and an artist you know mm-hmm. um, and I never wanted to be that you know I think your reputation back to you know DC being so small your reputation matters I think even more than some of these bigger markets um, because people know each other you know everyone knows each other especially I think black artists here you know mm-hmm. black collectors black curators mm-hmm. we all know each other for the most part right. and so you can't <laughs> it does not serve you at all to have a bad reputation to have you know people talking badly about you or how you know how you did them bad you know no. um so i never wanted to do that so early on working with um artist lane back in la i heard some of these terrible stories right of these dealings with you know um people holding on to work not paying the artists after something was sold you know um 
or taking a long time to pay them. Like, mm. I wanted to do, do the opposite of that. You know what I mean? So I'm like, quick to return art, you know, <laughs> um, as quick as I can. Yeah. Uh, and I'm in communication with the artist, you know what I mean, about that. I got to, matter of fact, deliver some things soon, actually, back to somebody. Um, and they trust me that I'm keeping it safe, too, you know, meanwhile. But, like, you know, payments are timely. As soon as it, like, hits my bank of deposits, if they're paying me directly, I hold on to it. As soon as everything clears, final payments made, I send the proceeds off to the artist, you know. Right. Um, with the final invoice. I want to do that as quickly as I can so they can trust me. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because also then they're going to give me... Um, they're going to work well with me, you know what I mean? Right. And um, give me good energy back, I think, if I give them good energy, you know, and um, timely responses and just being honest, you know, and transparent, they'll they'll do that for me, you know, and I appreciate that. It makes yeah, my I job easier. Yeah, I think that easier. helps build your, build your network. Yeah, probably why for sure. Your business and people like to work with that. me, and yeah. I want to work with them, you know what I mean? Um, and I... Um, yeah, it's better to work with, for me, it's better to work with people I truly like and I can trust. And I know they're going to show up a certain way, you know, right. and I want to do that for them. Well, you know, a lot of people have jobs that they really don't like, but they mm -hmm. do them anyway. Help us understand how does it feel to be doing something that you really enjoy? You know, it's really gratifying. You know, um, I want to be doing this even more like, you know, like I said, full time. Eventually, that's the goal. Because uh, I enjoy it so much. I enjoy seeing beautiful, dynamic, challenging work, you know. I like hearing about it from the artists, you know, directly. Um, working with them on putting a show together, you know, or they want feedback or critique. Mm -hmm. Being able to provide that, you know. Um, I, you know I've done references for people for grad school, mm -hmm. you know, references for... Um, you know, exhibition proposals and submissions, you know, wow. or grant submissions, applications. So, um, yeah, it's, it's important to have that, I think, that those dialogues and the, that exchange and, um, yeah. Right. Okay, I want you to elaborate on how paying it forward as your, how are you paying it forward as your business continues to grow? I think, you know, by continually continually providing a platform okay. for artists to show their work, you know what I mean? And just, uh, again, being trustworthy and honest with them and transparent, you know, and supportive of them, of uh, collectors, patrons, other consultants, advisors, and just, again, that ripple effect and how that's impacting the DC art scene in general, you know? So... I think for me, the most immediate, like, paying it forward is, like, providing the platforms that I do, um, supporting the artists like I do, um, in selling their work, exhibiting their work, selling their work, you know? Okay. Um, helping them price it if they need that help, you know? Helping them with a art artist statement, you know? Helping them with, um, you know critique in the studio, you know, on a new series that they're working on. Right. Um, you know, I do that a lot with, you know, friends here, artist friends here in New York, um, or, you know, helping them with an application or proposal for an exhibition, you know, giving them feedback when they need that, you know? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now, you are a curator, art consultant. Mm -hmm. If you were an artist, what type of form of expression do you think your art would be like? Ooh, I think it goes back to, I think, two. I think my, my first choice would be, like, I would paint. I think I did, like, having that skill mm -hmm. of the brush stroke, of, you know, color and the composition shape and all that would be amazing, you know, to put, like, paintbrush to canvas, you know. Or my second would be sculpting, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, to use my, again, I think it's like that, Handiwork, like using your hands actually to make something so beautiful, right. you know, um, be it ceramic or marble or, you know, chisel out of wood. Okay. How would you like to be known in the art community? 
you know, as somebody who was, you know, up and up, you know, who's fair, you know, who provided opportunity, you know, who helped me on my path, mm-hmm. on my artistic path, you know what I mean? Or even my collecting path, right? right. But, yeah, somebody that I could trust and worked well with, um, and, uh, yeah, uh, you know, that they rock with me. Okay. Yeah. And what, do you, what type of things are you doing to develop your chops and to make sure you're current and you're well-read about what's mm-hmm. going on? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, just, you know, firstly, I think it's just like visiting museums, exhibitions, gallery exhibitions, right? Talking to the galleries, talking to the artists, talking to collectors, um, curators, um, reading the art magazines, you know, um, reading art books on artists that you're interested in, you know, like I'm interested in, um, uh, really just exploring, you know, and learning what I can about an art movement, an art style, a particular artist, you know, or a collector, um, or the history of a museum, you know, um, doing that research. Yeah. Have you ever thought about writing or anything like that, like a book about what curating is about and what art consulting is about? Or not particularly. Not no. particularly. No, I don't think that's. I don't think that's my lane. Right. So no. you just and so your experience is you just kind of got it along the way. There's really not a book or anything that you could do to learn such thing, is it? No, I mean people have written books about it, right? But I think it's for me. It was happenstance. It really was, you know what I mean? Um, and, of course, you know, people can go to school for it, right? You know, you go get a degree in art history, you know? But I think it's something about, it's very important about that hands-on experience. Is like, yes, you can have a degree, you know, all the research you've done, you know, that you could possibly do. But it's really like getting in there and putting a show together. Like, all the elements that go into an exhibition like doing that actual work, you know what I mean? I think that's really like my lane, not mm-hmm. writing about it, right. not sort of the ap- academic side of it, right. but actually doing the work, you know, okay. going to studio visits, talking to the artists, seeing the work, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that recently in Baltimore Studio House, um, you know, met with four different artists um, and saw the work, talk about their backgrounds, talked about that's this body of work that they were working on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really just like that, doing that footwork, you know, right. and the, really the hands-on, the conversations, that exchange between, you know, myself and the artist or the collector or fellow art advisor, consultant, you know, right. um, learning from their experiences also. Yes. Yeah. But like all the experiences you had and being at the different uh, galleries and the different people you mentioned that you watched to learn I'm mm-hmm. quite sure someone's watching you and learning from you as well yes and you know and a professor at Howard said that to me recently about back to your you know point about mentorship she said this to me and I hadn't heard it that way before and I was really touched you know um this coming from an art history professor you know who I respect um uh Melanie Harvey I was like Wow, you know, I was blown away. She's like, Yeah, you mentor people. You've mentored Gia Harewood, you know, and doing that first show at DCAC, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now Gia's doing all these other shows, you know, mm-hmm. uh, mentoring in a way, uh, Lauren P. Davidson, friend of mine, that I've had um, the opportunity to curate with. And she's like off doing, a collector herself, art advisor, but curating exhibitions herself. So, again, not even realizing, not really stopping to see the impact of my. And not even knowing I was mentoring. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've done that. So that feels good to kind of see that now. And I don't mean it in like an egotistical way, but so like to make that impact, a positive impact like that mm-hmm. on people, um, on their careers, mm-hmm. you know, um, on their sort of, you know, financial stability even, you know, mm-hmm. um, makes you feel really good. You know what I mean? And getting, exposing them to more people, um, it's been a blessing, and that just feels really good. You know what I mean? Because as I'm doing that, I'm also being exposed mm-hmm. to more people. You know what I mean? And um, slowly but surely, kind of getting there, where I'm developing the business to where 
I wanted to be wanted to be because I had like you know bigger goals for like national shows, international shows, and collaborations. Mm, you know, nice. um, to show in fairs, art fairs, you know, around the world. Nice. Um, to have a network of collectors from you know California to you know India, you know, um, and everywhere in between. Um, so yeah, that's like the long term goal of mine, you know, mm-hmm. um, and to you know museum acquisitions you know um uh, build like represent artists even so i'm not doing that now but i think that's like you know a long-term goal to do that um in a big way and have like that roster of artists that i work with and i can promote and show and get into museum permanent collections right and get into the hands not just the big collectors but like even the you know the collector starting off right. that's been my bread and butter I mean that's how I started was like again my friend a, a good friend or two or three wanting art for their home you know a small piece and, and so that's always that's always been important to me mm-hmm. you know working with that even that brand new collector buying their first mm-hmm. you know limited edition print or drawing or a small mm-hmm. painting you know photography um, to like you know the mega collector someone's gonna donate to you know the National Museum of African American History and Culture, you know, right. or, um, you know, uh, Art Institute of Chicago, you know, or the California, California African American Museum, you know, in L.A. Right. So, um, or the Perez in Miami. So, or, you know, international museums also, you know. So, yeah, that's a goal for sure. Okay. Well, refresh us and remind us of the current show you have and the mm-hmm. upcoming show and tell people how they can get in touch with you. Yes. Um, thank you for that. Uh, so, the upcoming show is the Foggy Bottom uh, Sculpture Biennial for two, 2023. That opens up May 6th, so next Saturday um, at 2.30 and that'll be 2.30 to 4 o'clock. We'll do our tour. And so that runs until June. I'm sorry, um, October. Sorry, October. That ends six months. And then also at the guest house, um, that's until June. I have a show there now um, with the four artists that we mentioned. Uh, and I'll be doing subsequent shows there. So my next show there most likely will be September. Okay. And those are the two projects now. And I'm working on one for Art Basel this year. Mm-hmm. So getting that together, um, have my tentative artist list, and the theme is there, uh, and just have to find a venue. So we're working on that now. So we're hoping to secure a venue in the next few weeks. So when that occurs, you'll have something there on the list where you'll be included. And I'm working on, so right now, website's down, but I'm working on that. I have an assistant now, um, Duke Ellington student. She's helping with my logo and with the um, web design. And um, it's more like sort of admin um, work she's helping with, yeah. And what are you playing to feature in that show? In uh, our Basel, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, so that that show is gonna be the theme is hair. Oh. So it's gonna be it's tied to um, Johnny Wright, um, celebrity hairstylist. Wrote a book. And he's on a book tour. So he reached out again, just like knowing people and you know people wanted to work with you. Um, thank God. Uh, he reached out to me a few weeks ago, wanted to do an exhibition around hair to accompany the book discussion and signing. So um, I have. Tentatively, seven artists, eight artists, that will be in that show. And the work, um, if not completely focused on hair, it's featuring hair, natural process, different hairstyles, you know, male and female figures, um, uh, sculptural work, mm. drawings, paintings, and photography. Wow. Yeah. And something, maybe a performance, working on a performance. Um, with this uh, artist, Liz Miller, who lives in uh, Bal- uh, Baltimore area. Yeah. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then also tell us how we can get in touch with you. Oh, yes. So, um, best way, um, Instagram, uh, uh, jdubarts, it's my Instagram, or email jdubarts at gmail. For more information, contact Jarvis at Arts on Instagram. That's J-D-U-B-O-I-S-A-R-T-S. Or contact him at jdubois.arts at gmail.com. 
I recently got an opportunity to attend the art exhibition curated by Jarvis Dubois. I was able to meet two of the artists featured. Let's take a listen to see what they had to say. That my dad was very, like, not just because my father was very different from regular Egyptian Middle Eastern guy. Mm -hmm. He always think above and beyond for us. And he also like... That's great. Yeah, and he was like, when I paint, like, he said, this is amazing. Because he was a very number person, his finance. And he said, like, mm. I never thought I would have any child that can do anything like that. Oh, because yeah. again, left, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And he's yeah. like, you, like, and he just sits next to me and just watching me. And he just really enjoyed it. Oh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, thank That's you. Awesome. Yeah. I hope you share that story when, when you're talking about your art too, because I, I yeah. for me is yeah, it's really great to hear the connecting dots between someone who also is like, you know, maybe not went to a fine art school but discovered art on their own and yeah. discovered a, a art practice that you have, yeah. which is very successful. Yeah. That journey I love to hear stories like that. So thank, thank you. Because I feel like, you know, it is that relationship. So it's kind of like, you know, he's looking for artists, but yeah, those artists are also looking for guidance and, like, you know what I mean? So it's like a two way, you know, relationship. You know, so I, I like that part. How do you think the DC market is different from other markets for artists? Um, I feel like, honestly, New York is very, I feel like it's very small. Like, when it comes to just, or at least what I've been able to see. Yeah, yeah. Like over the last couple of years, um, I feel like just recently I kind of really immersed myself. Like I went to art school and stuff like that, but when I came home, I kind of just like doing my own thing. I started making clothes and stuff like that. But I think I was very intentional last year about getting more into the art scene, and I just feel like it is. It is it's very. Um, it is. It's great, but it is a little small. Mm -hmm. I feel you know. So I would like to see myself kind of like how would it how would it be in New York? How would it be in like Chicago? You know, different places to kind of see that. But I think this is a, a great foundation. I feel like I'm learning a lot. Learn more about these featured artists on Instagram. Dina Salem at D I N A A Z S A L E M and Omari Jesse at O. M-A-R-I-J-E-S-S-E-A-R-T. This concludes another episode of Are All Minds Clear?